This is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official podcast for the shows on Thursday night TGIT that are brought to you by Shondaland, the land of Shonda and the land. So I guess I fit into the land because she's Shonda. So that would make a lot of sense. Um, today, I am really, really, really excited because you guys know last night we um, ended our winter break and we're back. And we were back with an amazing episode of How to Get Away with Murder, where I think a bunch of things were revealed that I know a number of you were questioning throughout the entire holiday break, because I ran into some people over the holiday break, all of whom were questioning, what the hell was Annalise doing sitting there at the very end with that expression on her face? Like, what the hell was that? And it was very exciting, and you got to find out last night. And to help us find out is the amazing Carla Souza, who plays, of course, Laurel Castillo. Castillo. And um, Matt McGorry was supposed to join us, but he left town and he left no number, yeah, he's a pig. forwarding address, yeah. anything. But he actually was called out of town at the last minute. So um, Carla, who has very strong shoulders, is carrying this on her own. And I'm very, very, very happy to have you here. Thank Indeed. you so much for doing thank this. Thank you. Thank you. And as is always the tradition with podcasts, I'm going to describe what she's wearing. She's wearing a um, lovely blue button down shirt with white sleeves um, and a great kind of like fun, baggy, white t-shirt underneath that says Flourish Baby Flourish, which is kind of nice, and some, I'd say, boyfriend jeans, and um, some really cool kind of gold lame topsiders. Nice. So it's a good, it's a good overall look. Yeah, I'm going to go sailing after this. You're going to go, <laughs> you're going to sailing at the chicest boat in all of Los Angeles, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. No, because no, now I'm a citizen of Shondaland and you're I have Shondaland exactly. passports. You have so. the passports. You can, with your chic uh, topsiders, you can only get on yachts. Yeah, only on yachts. I think that's probably absolutely correct. Now, first of all, did you have a good holiday? The best thing of a holiday is knowing you have work to come back to. (laughs) That is when a holiday really counts as a holiday. Because when we're on hiatus, you know, not knowing if you're going to come back with the season two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even though you guys say we will, I'm Mm -hmm, still mm -hmm. not believing because this industry is crazy, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. as we all know. So having a hiatus in Kauai with my family, knowing I was going to come back to five more episodes of this crazy show was amazing. That is nice. I have to admit, it's really, I have a similar feeling. We're very lucky, you guys, because we get... Over the holiday, over the December holidays, sort of Hollywood kind of shuts down a little bit, which means at the minimum you get a week. And like this year we got two weeks, weeks, which was amazeballs. Yeah. I mean, absolutely amazeballs. I sort of like forgot to get dressed a few days. (laughs) (laughs) Hygiene was not its best probably. Right, right. I mean, I went to Disneyland, obviously, because now I'm also an ABC citizen, a Disney citizen. So... I went to uh, Disneyland when they all caught the measles, apparently. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I'm fine. I'm good. Have you had the measles? No, uh, I don't think so. Because nowadays, there's like all these weird outbreaks of like weird diseases again. Weird new diseases, yeah. And as a geriatric, apparently, I can still get measles or something. So that's, ge- that's genius, right? I mean, terrific. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, listen, we are here to talk about, to begin with, Hello, Raskolnikov. Great which title. For you guys. Who decides the title? Uh, that would be young Pete Nowak, the, mm. the creator Brilliant. extraordinaire of the television programming, Once The Getaway again. with Murder. Yes, of course. Um, and sometimes his cohorts in the writer's room help, but I think he comes up with the title. And I love the uh, literary reference, of course, to Raskolnikov. I don't know if you guys um, out there have read the phenomenal book, Crime and Punishment. I'm sure Jack did once he said that line in the episode. He had to read the whole book in one day. I'm sure he did. Probably. If he hasn't already read it and can expand upon it exactly. like, pretty endlessly if he wants to, right? Hi, Jack. <laughs> 
know you're listening. Love ya. But this episode was crazy. Yeah. That, by the way, that was my chair squeaking. That was nothing actually untoward. <laughs> uh, you guys, all you can do is hear, you can't see. And I'm just saying that was just my chair and I'm gonna try to stay in this position because otherwise it's gonna sound like all sorts of bad things are happening. Um, but this episode was so, um, we learned so much and finally figured out what actually happened after what happened on Murder Night. Yes. Especially because I all along thought, well, if you think about it, Laurel, when she's, you know, the, even in the pilot, she says, you know, we have to bury the body and they all think she's crazy. Wes hasn't arrived yet. He's with the, you know, we don't know where he is yet in the pilot. And he comes back and he says, I, ha- I got this and everything. everyone thinks he's crazy for getting it. But I'm like, no, it's good. You know, remember whatever case that the, wep- the murder weapon, they couldn't find it. So they couldn't. Tr- so Laurel doesn't know that Annalise is somehow involved in this, but she somehow is also a step ahead and with with Wes, yeah. even though she doesn't even know she's with Wes and with Annalise at the same time. And so that's that's really interesting sort of bookend in episode nine where you're questioning, wait a second, she was there? Did she, I mean, I bet people, as we all are questioning whether or not Annalise sort of had us, do, like, why is she there? Why is she okay with it? Why is she sitting down? Why hasn't she called the police? Right. Does she know we did it? Was she there the whole time? Did she see us do right. that to her husband? Did she, you know, what did she see? So you start questioning whether the show has had to get away with murder because, you know, she sort of pushed us that way or did we do it and now she just found out. I don't know. It, it makes you question lots of things. So I think people are going to want to tune in. Next, next week. Next, yeah. Next week, it just gets all the more crazy balls. So confusing. It's totally confusing. <laughs> so I don't confusing. even know my name or like... I don't even know what I do what for I a living. What I can say or what I can't say. No, you say. totally, totally. Well, you're terrified because we put the fear of God in people here. <laughs> about saying anything i mean once you said something and we've all done this where we've all like actually just oh i don't know put a sentence together randomly and then someone takes it wrong and you're like it's freaking crazy yeah i'm scared to speak and i help run the thing yeah 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 so we're we're all like um, so basically what's great is that next week the mystery sort of continues and i can't we're not going to talk too much about that but everything you're saying makes sense because we still have this big division in the ranks for you guys i mean at the end of this episode we found out that it looked like you were going to side with connor and michaela michaela Mm -hmm. but then at the very end of the episode it was super clear that in fact you were siding with wes and that you felt like we have to put your eggs in the annalise basket because otherwise you're going to get it's the only hope that any of you guys have. But she. But the the interesting thing is, well, I played it that you know she does decide to do whatever they're doing. However, her last card is to go and beg Wes because she can smell something's going on between Wes and Annalise, as it always is. They've been having these looks during the Totally, episode. that's right. So Laurel can sense this and says there's something going on. Maybe Wes already told Annalise. I never, I don't think Laurel ever thought that they that she was actually there that night. But then when she comes up to Wes in this, in this episode and she that's says, right. they're going to put it all on you and, you know, and Rebecca, if you don't say any, if you don't tell me the truth. And so then Wes tells her, actually, Annalise is on board. So now Laurel has two things. She either goes to the police, but she knows that the other person who knows about this and is okay, I guess not okay about it, but who's on board with it is Annalise. Who the hell would want to go against Annalise Keating? This is what I'm saying. You know, so I'm actually doing, Laurel's doing Connor and Michaela a favor. They just don't know it yet. They don't know Annalise is in on it. She somehow, you know, is with us or is for us. And therefore, you know, who is against us? If you're with Annalise Keating, everything's fine. Or so we think. 
Really, really well explained, by the way. That was awesome with awesome sauce. Yeah, because I love the expression when you end up in that parking lot and you're getting out of the car and you're marching to the police station, Annalise and Wes are waiting. It is just such a genius moment. And I also have to say, what I'm starting to really get about this show, or at least this section of the show, is Laurel's sort of the big thinker of the group, I think. It's like Wes is in his own maelstrom and trying to sort out because the loyalty between Rebecca. He's involved emotionally oh. with Rebecca, and so that way, makes it harder. He's just getting, yeah. talking about torn between two women. Like just I know. All that stuff's going down there. You got Connor, who I think is incredibly smart and driven, but is clearly paralyzed by his own dread and fatalism. And Michaela, who's just scared. Yeah, she's terrified. There's no trusting Michaela. But I think Laurel continues to think like a strategist. Yeah. Which is really interesting. I think next week, actually, people get a little insight into how that works, too. Even I was just listening to the podcast with Jeff Perry, because I absolutely love him and his work. And he was describing how he's sort of the strategist because you want to keep thinking that the president is pure. You know, you want to keep him as pure. So I feel like, you know, Laurel is that sort of place where Wes tells her all the doubts, all the things that he thinks of. And then Laurel sort of tells him what we can do about it, because he's just thinking with his heart. He's just wanting to... you know, either protect Rebecca or doubt Rebecca or whatever it is. But Laura is sort of the, the, you know, the, the, the wall that he hits this ball with so, so that she sort of keeps everyone where they're supposed to be. You know, at the beginning of the episode, Connor says, well, what if one of us goes to the police and says something, you know? And Laurel so calmly says, well, because she's already thought about it. She says, well, if one of us does that, then the rest of us will pin everything on that person. Mm-hmm. You can't really do that. You know, she's already thought if one does that, then, you know, what will happen? And as you know, season finale, you know, what Laurel has done, you there's, know, other stuff. She's done, she's pretty, a pretty good planner. Um, and she thinks with her head. But also I wanted to add, you know, she's not just a cold-blooded sort of thinker. She also has emotions, but she's sort sort of more of a pragmatic character where she she does go through the logic of it all. Yeah, and I think you guys where you see when you start to see what happens and it's unfreaking believable what's coming up. But when you start to see what happens, I think I think not surprisingly Laurel's a smart cookie and she does plan and I think we first saw that in episode 6, which was the death penalty episode where not the death penalty episode, the episode before that, episode 5, five. which was the kid and the mom and the kid defended the mom. Laurel came up with this entire strategy of how to corrupt the jury. And then when Frank went to her and said, I'm not going to tell Annalise, what I loved was Laura was like, I really wish you would because it was a really good idea. (laughs) Yeah. And that was the first kind of glimmer. I think we really got that her brain is always firing on all cylinders and you really have to be careful. Yeah. And isn't that what attorneys do? I mean, you would know, Yes, I would be married to one. Yeah, you would know. That's what they have to get in there and they have to have sort of like, they have to have stuff on everyone. It's a really interesting state of mind. And I feel like Laurel, far from thinking, oh no, I almost, you know, I did something that might have not been, you know, legal in that way. She could have been sent to jail. She's thinking, she's starting to think like a lawyer, I think. She's starting to think like a Keating Five. Like, you know, she's starting to, that's starting to permeate into her way of thinking. And that's when you start to see, you know, they're lured into this darker side into the law that she didn't even think she was going to get into. I think she, at first she thought she was going to be part of the UN and the Geneva Convention and she was going to do human rights and she was the sort of idealistic young girl that she was and that's, that's pretty far away now. That was the chair again. Um, (laughs) But, it, but there is a sort of realization, I think, even for somebody who initially in the pilot was penned, you know, by Frank as being a bleeding liberal and from a liberal arts college and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, you guys all come through here. What's super interesting, and I've had this conversation with my 
criminal defense attorney has been too, is that the more you see the reality of the system, the more pragmatic you get. And that it doesn't change your view of life, it simply means that you understand the methodology you use has to become much more gray, probably. Yeah, you know? and it's detached from any right or wrong or moral standard in a way, because it's like, well, whatever the law, whatever version is, you know, most believable to that system will be the one that prevails. That's not right. whether you feel in your heart that that person is guilty or not. If you don't have the evidence against that person, you know, beyond a reasonable, reasonable doubt, they will not go to jail, whether or not that person is guilty, which is just crazy. I had no idea before I even did this. I remember ever. actually talking to him during the pilot. And there were these moments where just in terms of like learning about the law, you were really funny because you hadn't been exposed to a lot of this stuff yeah. before. And you kept saying, I just, I don't, I don't understand, understand how this works. You know, I mean, like, I how understand. does this even work? And I think we'd all agree with you. Sometimes not so I know, well. I know it's it's kind of it's crazy, but in a way, it's you know it's like well, you, now you know how important lawyers are, and to get a good lawyer, you know, because it really is about that. It's about where you know where is your case being held. What wh who is the jury going to be? You know, all these questions that you probably never even thought that that went into whether or not you were guilty. Or, right. Or no, I think I think that's such a good point. And and I mean, look, there's the relationship with Frank, which is super complicated, and we all get enjoy watching. That's a whole complicated thing too because in a way Laurel's stuck between these two guys which is the correct choice and the appropriate choice the good guy. and the good guy who's fighting for right and sweet maybe a little dull about a little that bit. but maybe he isn't there's I don't there's nothing know. there's no I think there's well at least the writing tells us <laughs> which is all we've got you guys you know we got nothing we just got yeah. my mouth and the writing yeah. that's what we were talking about right well now. if you if you look at it you know the writing has very clearly shown there's a chemical sort of a chemistry not a chemical a chemistry very strong sexual chemistry I would chemistry. like a chemical I know a chemical, you, a chemical <laughs> imbalance every time Frank walks in the room um <laughs> And then with Khan, it's sort of like, you know, they meet, how do you say this? The, the saying, meet of the minds or whatever. A meeting of the minds, meeting yeah. Meeting of the minds. Whereas the other one is meeting of other minds. I don't know. Your mind can be located different places, exactly. I think, right? <laughs> but I'm also interested to see maybe in the future, I don't know, but maybe they will show a more, other than just the sexual chemist chemistry there is with Frank and Laurel, now because they see each other as equals after this episode, you see that now he knows yeah. about the murder. She doesn't kind of like lower the head she's sort of now sees you know he sees her I think she grows up in episode 10 they all grow up they were kids and now they're adults you know yeah, and yeah. um and I feel like it, she Laurel doesn't really you know it's like okay you had a girlfriend that's not what I'm mad about I have bigger fish to fry I'm dealing with a murder right now and then when Frank finds out because Annalise tells her I feel their relationship can now grow in more of a mature way rather than just like a, a sexual thing who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Anything can freaking Anything goes. Happen. Anything goes. Um, what's the past year been like for you? I mean, because a lot's happened. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You got married? I got, okay, so the last project I was in that I did not even know, the last movie I was in became the highest grossing movie in Mexican history. And then came... Never tell me that. I should read a paper every once in a while, right. clearly. Then became the highest grossing movie in Spanish in the U.S. ever. And then because of that... I was able to then get representation here, like proper manager and agent and all that. And then I had been hearing about pilot season, you know, ever since I was studying in, in England. And you hear about these, you know, pilot seasons in Hollywood and you dread it, but it's never as bad as what it really is. I was prepared for it. I was ready for war. And it was worse than what I could have was ever imagined. really? Until I met Linda Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> that got better. 
That got a lot better. I mean, everything from like you can't give a handshake because people are weird about germs. So I didn't know this in Mexico. Of course, you kiss people in France. Yeah. You kiss people twice on yeah. the cheek. Yeah. Here, it's not even a handshake. So even from that to it's all about you know what you've done in the U.S. They don't really care about what you've done in other countries sometimes. And and dealing with that and sort of starting from zero again. Whereas in Mexico, I had you know already jobs being offered and oh, all yeah, this position. And then suddenly one of the largest stores in the history of Mexico. And then you come to here and you, there's, you know, starting from zero, which was the challenge I was looking for. So that was fun. Did pilot season and then read about how to get away with murder when I was doing for, I was going for another pilot and I called my agent and I said, what is this? You know, students <laughs> in law, I want this pilot. She's like, I don't know. They might be giving it, I mean, offers. I, we don't, we don't know. They have an open audition. So I was just like, okay. And then two weeks later, I got the call for Michaela to go in to read for Michaela. I remember, yeah. And I did uh, two auditions as Michaela. Then I read this. I did the screen test had, for Laurel think, and Rebecca. I think we had you read pretty much every female <laughs> character, with the exception yeah. of Annalise. Yeah. <laughs> we literally were like, we loved yeah, you, and I we were trying to figure out the best Dia place to Parks, put you. I, I know. Read for, uh, for Lila. <laughs> exactly. It was great. There you were for Sorority Bonnie. Girls for Bonnie. We we literally what we knew was you came in, and we knew we loved you. We were trying to figure out the best place for you, so we literally made you read everything. Like it was pretty much, and you ended up auditioning for both those parts. Yeah. I remember for three: Rebecca, Laurel, and Michaela. Yep. Yeah, and I, I obviously thought I'm just not nailing any of them. What's going on? And my agent was like, No, no, no. That means they like you. And I'm like, No, of course. And an insecure actor would think, No, no, no. They don't like me. They don't like me. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and, you know. And um, I wish you'd done it in that accent because <laughs> that probably would have sold it way earlier. If you right. just went into that thing that you do. <laughs> You say, what is the body buried? What, Ten is, times what better. is the body? No, no, the murder weapon. The murder weapon, we don't need. <laughs> Trust me, I know these things. But it was the best show I could have been on. The most amazing experience. I mean, I am being spoiled because I know that this isn't the way things normally work on a show that you get along with everyone, that the creator asks you and, you know, wants your input and it's a creative dialogue and, and you get to work with, uh, you know, an Oscar nominee and now, you know, Viola Davis has just won her SAG. She's just winning stuff. She's just winning stuff, a lot of stuff. I guess it means we have a season two. I'm just thinking we're pretty, feeling pretty good about that. <laughs> I think we're all feeling pretty good about the season two. I'd say we have to screw that pooch pretty bad. Exactly. I think it's been so great for all of us because it's, everybody's so great. You guys are all great. You are, you're all, everybody's really fun and everyone's really passionately devoted to the show. Mm. And one of the things I can say about the show, like with Scandal, I'll talk to the crew and the rare times I've gotten a chance to talk to the crew because I'm locked in this office most of the time screaming at people on the phone. They actually look forward to the scripts. Like they read the scripts, they are invested, they, they don't do. know what happened. They, they all. Do. I went into costumes one day and somebody pulled me aside and they had this gigantic theory about what was just about to happen. Wow. Involving, was she right? Or was he right? Oh, uh, no. Of course not. But, and I didn't make any face. I just said, okay. And she said, you, you know what's going to happen. And I said, yeah, no, it's my job. I do, I do know I do. what's going to happen. But she said, well, why can't you tell me? And I, it was such a great moment because it was, and they, we looked at each other and she started laughing. She said, wait a second, of course you can't. I just really want to know what happened. Yeah. And that's, that's great when sign. you get to work with people like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a you good know? sign. When you see people maybe you know forget to do their jobs because they're reading the script the next script that's a good that's sign. okay with that's me. a really good sign that's okay just as long as they're remembering to feed you and that's all oh, you really course, care about of course that's yes. that's pretty much it yeah i'm gonna ask you a couple of questions from the twitterverse and the facebook can't facebook-y. wait, can't wait. Um, oh we we already uh, went over a million fans on facebook right we did i think yeah they I made think me we're do big. a sign of we're, we're big we're pretty big so Ariella at Bookworm123109 says, what's the funniest thing that's happened on set? 
Oh, there's so many. There are funny things that maybe we didn't talk about. Like I maybe heard one of my classmates, classmates, see, I already think I'm a- Lost student. One of my, uh, one of my peers, it, this is in real life. I heard them fart, for example, you talking about the chair just made me remember. And how they try to pretend like they didn't and then they just kind of like move around and it's like action and everyone in the scene can sort of smell the fart <laughs> and is trying to like go on, but by smelling the fart. And these are things that no one talks about, but- I find absolutely hilarious because if anyone ever knew that that had just happened and I'm guessing the director just thought, wow, they're really in thought or they're really, you know, thinking something during the scene. It's just because we all smelled a, a fart. <laughs> so that also Viola's reactions when she messes up a line are just, you know, they're really funny. They're very classic. They're very, yeah. They're very classic and colorful. <laughs> yeah. We She's like, I'm very... just going to act better. Sorry, uh, did you believe me? Was that believable? <laughs> I just can't believe she even asks us those questions. So there's just so many Matt moments when he starts dancing and he does, oh, you know. Dear. I tried to do a worm, is that what it's called? The worm that he yeah, did yeah. on. I did that, but I forgot that Laurel wears skirts. And um, so I was doing the worm <laughs> in front of everyone, our stand-ins and everything. And luckily, they're, we're all like family. So it's kind of like looking like at your sister's panties, but yeah. Now, Manveer Lokop says, Manveer, Manveer Lokop. Who is the biggest joker on set? Is that McGorry? Actually, McGorry is very serious when it comes to his comedy. And I respect that and I admire that a lot because comedy, you're sometimes in a bad mood that day, you're tired and yet you still have to make, you know, everyone laugh. And he's very consistent in that. In every table read, as you know, in every take, he tries new things and he's very serious about it. So I would say you would think it'd be Matt. He's great to work with and he's very funny, you know, offset as well, but that's, he's I don't not think the that's joker on set. I think, have you ever seen Alfie imitate how Asia dances? I've heard about this. Alfie does this imitation of Shakira slash Asia slash Beyonce, and he sort of gets jiggy with it, and then really, so I think that- So Alfie, say, Alfie gets that prize. Yeah, I think it's Alfie. IA Going Nowhere at Stolen by Five Hour, or Five H. What was your favorite episode? I, I love doing the pilot because we were all terrified that you would fire us after the pilot. <laughs> So that sort of adrenaline of knowing that you could be replaced in any minute and Fear being is a great in, motivator. You know, huh? it's a great motivator. <laughs> and uh, sort of the pilot has that really special uh, memory to it. But then I just watching 10 and seeing the huge sort of transformation that we all have after Murder Night, I think it's, and it's very, you know, character, character driven episode. I think up till now, because I haven't seen the rest, 10 I think is my favorite. I love 10. Yeah. I love 10. And I 6, you know, that episode with Matt. Oh, I love 6. And the, and and the, the father. Dad. Oh, my God. 6 is one of my favorites. And the favorites. death penalty thing. I keep talking about the, that. I mean, actor. That actor was so great. And also oh. that storyline was so great. And I think, you know what it was? It was one of those episodes where you really could get behind the case because he was he was so wrongfully accused. accused. And it was, it was kind of like you got this breathing room to actually go, okay, this guy got screwed. And for you guys, you guys were all at this weird, like these crossroads yeah. emotionally. Yeah. Because it's where Annalise has to make this really, really hard decision in terms of what her next strategy is. You're at this really weird breaking point in terms of your relationships. It's everybody's at this really kind edge. of delicate point, which yeah. is, I just thought was super, super fun to watch. Um, Willie K. Kamal wants to know, which is apparently from the federal territory in Malaysia. This is really interesting. Wow. Ahmad, Kamad, I'm confused, but that's okay. I'm very bad at reading these things, as we know. Does your character have any similarities with yourself? We both have awesome jobs. I think that was a beautiful think, answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
If you fire a thin says, and that's at Love Me Jawad, what other How to Get Away with Murder character would you like to play besides yourself, given the fact you got a chance to play at least three of them? Exactly. I think I'd like to play Rebecca. I think she's a very interesting character, and I still haven't figured her out, and I film with her every day. And neither has America. Yeah. <laughs> or if this was real life, okay, and, and yeah. you know, there, yeah. Middleton existed, I think I'd pl I would like to be one of the sorority girls who never got involved in murder someone <laughs> <laughs> but you had some funky water exactly that you were drinking from so the top of that water tower and that'd be a great story to tell that's a huge story exactly that would be like, enough. That'd be the water tasted funky and i just didn't like, like it. oh my i was in i was in school one day <laughs> and like i was in my sorority house and i drank this water that this girl and she was dead in the water tank and like i was there when that happened and that's, that's it and then I go back to my job. <laughs> I do it, and that's it. And I don't have to ever think about going to jail. Now, Jeannie Army South Africa at Team Jeannie SA says, if you weren't an actor, what would you be? I'm sorry. There's just like so many. Okay, so, okay, I'll start from. Unemployed as I an would answer. Have, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? An athlete, I think. I, I would have right. loved to, to be an athlete. That sort of determination and perseverance and sort of sacrifice that they have to go through. But also, you know, the reward and the, you can see your progression in a way that, you know, allows yourself to be happy with what you've just done. Well, I've now learned many things. The athlete part of you, who knew? The I used to be an Olympic gymnast, junior Olympic gymnast. Okay, so see you guys. Another career option. Well, look, this was so great of you to it do this was. and take your time out of your day and march over and look so lovely. And It's my first talk. day without a job, so well, thank you. you got a little bit of time and then we're going to haul your ass back. Um, okay, so next week, you guys, we have an, a whole brand new TGIT lined up. Gosh knows you guys waited for it and you deserve it. And I'm excited too because, you know, essentially I just go into a box during the period of time when we're not airing and now I'm out of the box again. So I'm super excited. Grey's Anatomy, the episode is called The Bed is Too Big Without You. And we're going to pick up where we left off last night. We're going to learn more about April and what's going on with Arizona. And there's Dr. Herman, who's trying to help Arizona. And we've got a bunch of other great things going on in that episode. Scandal, all I can say is it just keeps getting crazier. So if you thought last week was crazy, this coming week is so crazy balls that there's crazy, going to be crazy in your eyeballs too. And um, this coming week on How to Get Away with Murder, we talked about it a little bit. You're going to get some very interesting background as to our students. And I think you're going to get sort of an insight a little more as to how everyone ticks. And there are going to be some more questions which are asked, which are really going to both irritate and I think invigorate you. And it's a great episode of TV. Okay, now you guys remember that's Grey's Anatomy at 8 p.m. on ABC. That's Scandal at 9 p.m. on ABC. And that's How to Get Away with Murder at 10 p.m. on ABC. And thanks for following all of our Shondaland shows on Twitter. Like them on Facebook and catch up on ABC.com. Watch ABC. And if you miss this episode of any of these shows, check it out. And also don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes.com slash Shondaland because otherwise I don't have anything to do. And I will just sit here sadly in a little puddle if I have to stop doing this because this is fun and now I, I took a break from having to cry on the phone. Thanks again to Carla for showing up today and helping us out with this podcast. It's great. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening again. Please join us next week. We have an incredibly excellent and amazing guest coming up who is on the incredible Grey's Anatomy, Chandra Wilson, who I love and she's going to be talking about the character of Bailey and some mm -hmm. of the things she's going through this season and all of the stuff everyone else is going love through this her. season. Have a great week. Have a safe week. I'll be back next week. God bless Take America. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>